0: They're bad, they're boys, and occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Fat Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back, baby, come back. But the bye, 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 bye. But the bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone. Too. Well, as welcome to Bad Boy Running. We've we've already introduced our next guest, and bloody Zencaster, the pile of shit, has already <laughs> come out and then <laughs> loaded it. And oh my god, we're trying to get a good system. And um, so apologies, firstly to, uh, to well mainly to Tom actually because the listen- Oh,
1: don't worry about me. I listen-
0: <laughs> the first time, but anyway, Tom is um, Tom was first um, recommended to me as a guest by the uh, wonderful Dan Barrett about three years ago. When Dan had seen some of his YouTube escapades, I've then been trying to get Tom on for ages, but not very successfully until Dan noticed that Hardest Geezer, the week after we'd been interviewing him, was with Tom doing one of his challenges. He's like, You've got to get him now. Message Hardest Geezer, message Hardest Geezer. So finally, we've managed to get on the podcast. Welcome the wonderful Tom Davies, GeoWizard.
1: Thanks for having me, gents. I appreciate it. You finally got Absolute in touch. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, the first thing I, I,
0: I asked you last time, because I, I was going on Wikipedia just to see the, the general things that people said about you, and it was saying that you're famous for being so good at GeoGuessr. Yeah. How does, how does one become famous? At, I mean, firstly, for, for anyone at, at home who doesn't know Ge- uh, GeoGuessr, um, do you want to give us a quick end in, to it? But and how does one get famous yeah. for that?
1: Well, I'm famous for it because I somehow became the 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 most popular, the most watched YouTuber um, for that game, if you can call it a game. Um, it, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a game where you're dropped on Google Street View and you have to figure out where you are uh, using the various clues that you might get, like signs or the direction of the sun or the side of the road that the cars are traveling on and whatnot I just got quite good at that many years back when I was procrastinating and just <laughs> just had way too many hours in the day when I should have been doing other stuff and I just sort of kind of saw a gap in the market on YouTube if you like oh no one's uploaded a a perfect score video of this so i thought oh I'll upload that and maybe it'll get some views and you know see where we go from there but yeah it and i, I Slowly but surely grew it, um, and to the point where, yeah, I was, I was definitely well. I probably still am the biggest channel for GeoGuessr, although <laughs> I have branched out into other things, as you mentioned. And can, but, can it be anywhere in the world? Is it, it just? Is it randomised, or does it? Is it a bit more selective? It, it's randomised if you play the main um, kind of format, but there are certain countries that aren't on Google Street View. So China might, yeah, yeah, North Korea might be the the most obvious example. But yeah, Um, but I should mention I'm by no means the best at it. Maybe, maybe at one point I was in the top hundred many years ago, but now it's, it's become so popular recently, partly because of COVID, I think. (laughs) Would you, you, is it a game where you'd you'd go out
0: research? Like, would you almost do preparation and do research on, Different no. signs in different countries, or would would you end up having all these different strategies that people would always be like, "We know the rules. The sun's here." Dot dot dot. Or or is it very yeah. much you're like a detective?
1: Yeah, I, I never kind of researched much, which is probably why I'm not anywhere near the best player anymore. Because there are guys out there who just know. Every, they can look at a bollard and go, "Oh, those bollards are found in southern Serbia." And I'm just like, what? Like, I can't Amazing. learn all of that. It's it's insane. <laughs> but yeah, you do naturally pick things up as you play, like registration plates, the sun, the side of the road. And you can kind of narrow it down, the foliage of, of a place, you know.
0: Has that ever become useful in <laughs> real life? Have you ever been... stacked huh, and gone you, wrong or something yeah, like uh, that. Yeah. Like you yeah. wake up, hung over somewhere <laughs> and you're like, right, where am I? Wait
1: a minute, I'm in yeah. <laughs> Um No, but I have had people email me. I, I can tell you a quick story. Uh, these guys emailed me, they were from Azerbaijan and they said, we're wondering if you can help us. There's footage of some tanks firing missiles into our country from Armenia. We need you to find out where they were where these missiles were fired from, uh, and and because and the way they worded it was, you know, our country's being invaded. It's not right. It's unlawful. And I was like, okay, I'll, you know, without really thinking it through, I help help these guys out, and I did find by using by looking at Google Earth, like the mountains and stuff, did find I was pretty sure I found the spot. In the end, by the time I got back to them, I think someone else had already found it. But I later found out... Have you heard of the band System of Down? Yeah. yeah. The rock band. I saw them do a Facebook post and they're Armenian. So they're from the country that was allegedly firing the rockets. And they were saying that their country has been under attack from Azerbaijan, <laughs> like the other way around. So I was like, oh shit, maybe I've got... Maybe I picked the wrong side here. I don't know who do I trust, System of a Down or some random guys. Anyway, the point was you should do some research before you. Uh, I think you say the point mistakes. was System of a Down are now
0: dead.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. they're now tried for war crimes. Yeah. But no, um, no, it was just a that, yeah. I, I I have a few emails like that. Can you find this girl for me? Like she's in a photo. I am like, no, mate, you are just trying to stalk her. <laughs> You know what I mean?
2: Is that David? Wow. Is that how you met David? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's how that's how one of the um, is it is is it called Hellcat or Tomcat? There's
1: yeah, something... uh, Bellingcat. Cat.
0: Belling Cat. Yeah, that is exactly yeah. that. Where they yeah. they're now one of the main um, one of the main I guess news agencies and and also intelligence agencies out there because they're so good at being able to look at. Uh, videos and mm. being able to to break them down and figure out especially at the moment with Ukraine and Russia pertaining or yes. doing things and all that and that exactly. business has kind of almost started with with those skill set
1: yeah and uh they they get a lot of child um you know they get a lot of pedophiles and stuff you know leaked photos and, yeah uh, i've i've have um had emails from them they want me to work for them but um, and i do want to do it it's just finding the time my schedule is just so busy and the thing is when you get into these things they can take like weeks Mm. it's just a matter of just just grafting just scouring and scouring and scouring and i'm like a dog with a bone like once i once i get a challenge it i'll just go for for weeks and weeks and it would just take up all my time so because where
0: where did your kind of adventurous spirit come from or or that that spirit of
1: just trying to do different things my spirit for adventure i must be i think it's partly something you're born with i think i'm pretty sure but also when i was young i would always be out like on my bike exploring and then when i was a bit older like 12 13 14 me and my stepbrother greg who people may have seen on the channel we just used to look we used to get so excited by just leaving my mom's house which was kind of on the edge of the west midlands urban area um so you've got like fields and countryside to the east and then just urban to the west and we would just love the idea of just setting off into the fields and seeing how far we could get like sometimes we'd go 12 15 miles and we were like 14 15 just like trespassing you know hopping barbed wire fences (laughs) getting chased by farmers (laughs) just always being mischievous but it was just such a thrill and I think that those uh, adventures missions as we called them really paved the way for uh, a lot of the straight line missions and things that I've done in more recent years
0: and and was was there a point with the um when you're getting really good at the game and your youtube was was increasing were you thinking this could i could generate a career just from playing this game
1: yeah um i mean that's that's the dream isn't it do something you you love doing that you actually enjoy doing and make money from it there was a point yeah where but I wasn't earning too much from just doing GeoGuessr. I think I had really? about sixty thousand subscribers um before I did any adventures at all. And then when I did the first adventure, the first straight line mission across Wales, I think after a month of that being released, I was on three hundred thousand. So it jumped up by like fivefold. And then oh, I was then I was oh, on oof. enough money to actually, you know, survive off it. Well, before we go
0: into the kind of straight line stuff, because we've never really spoken to anyone who's who's done the kind of Twitch or the gaming or uh, mm. that type of okay. um, way into kind of being an influencer. When when you're kind of reaching those kind of higher levels of your like your thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand, are you getting approached by
1: a lot of random companies, a lot of random brands? Um. I get emails quite regularly from it. It's always the same sorts of things. It's not a brand like, uh, I don't know, for me example, yeah, like uh, it, it's, yeah, it's not something I would want to advertise. It's never, <laughs> you have to, you, you have to go to them. I find yeah. on Instagram, I think it's probably different, but I don't have Instagram mm. on YouTube. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of rage shadow legends, like pay to play mobile games, oh, which yeah. are kind of, kind of immoral it's a lot of um squarespace skillshare um, nordvpn it's a lot of stuff like that and i've just made a decision to i'm only gonna advertise something if i genuinely believe and love that product because it actually will tie in Uh, Mm. but yeah you you get emails and and it can be quite lucrative but i think it would come at a cost i think i'd lose some of my loyal fan base if i started doing those and is that would and do they tend to
0: want to have something that's integrated into what you're doing or are they quite happy for you to just run an advert or
1: are they they yeah or... they're just yeah they they just th- these ones I'm talking about they don't care they just want as many adverts as on people's channels as they can get i think if i if i found a company i don't know like brooks running shoes or something um something that ties in with what i'm doing i think The advert would flow more naturally, and it would, it would, it would benefit both parties. I think. And when you get, I'm I'm all up for that. So if you're listening,
2: uh, you know, <laughs> hit me an email. Yeah. We'll we'll have some of that as well. If yeah, you know, just Brooks generally yeah, anything like that. Um, when you when you when you start getting up to those numbers, um, because this is something we hear about all the time in terms of influence, specifically yeah. Instagram. Not um, we don't really know this about YouTubers because, like I say, we've never yeah. really spoken to, to many YouTubers at all. But um, the thing about Instagram is, is that you know they obviously they're putting out a lot of content, they're creating a lot of stuff, and then you know at, at some point in the future they need some kind of big uh, long break away from it because the content creation is is, is kind of taken over and they're having to create those things. as a as a youtuber we, when you start getting those kind of bigger numbers do you feel under pressure to to keep putting content out or does it not work in the same way does it, mm. it you know do or do numbers fall if you if you don't put stuff out how how does it kind of work in terms of your commitment mm. to your subscribers when it gets to that kind of level
1: yeah that's a good question um i have Traditionally I, I used to because geo guesser videos they didn't they're not too intensive that they, they didn't take me too long to make. Yeah. I used mm-hmm. to at one point whack out three videos a week um because they weren't too labor intensive and that's when I was had a full-time job. Um so I did feel not a pressure to release regularly, but that's what people came to expect. So mm-hmm. I'd be disappointing people if I didn't. But in recent years, as I've got into the adventures they're so labour intensive. Mm. Like I'll, I'll do a four day mission adventure, and it might take me two months, sometimes even three months, to to edit it because I do it all myself. Um, and but so sometimes, like recently, I've had a month off the channel, and yeah, the 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 profit, the money you earn drops a lot. Oh, like really? it dropped. It, oh, it dropped a huge amount because. YouTube will, st- I, I'm pretty sure YouTube, the algorithm will stop recommending you if you stop mm. uploading. Right, but if yeah. you're uploading a lot and the videos are good, you'll be in everyone's recommended. So it's kind of like you reap what you sow very yeah. much. So if you want if you want to earn lots of money, you just got to work hard, which is kind of a, a fair system. Well, though, in a way, it means that given that you're saying
0: you do four day challenges and that takes you two months. It changes the nature of the challenges you can do because you're mm. you you're actually no longer creating content to on the basis of what you think is good. You're if you're going down that route, you have mm. to just create content regularly. Yeah, and yeah. that's a very different pressure and a, and a very different um, knowing that going into your challenges would, would potentially limit what you can do.
1: Yes, that's true. But I've thus far just been living. I've I've been comfortable money wise for the last three years. And my philosophy is is has been: I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I enjoy doing, and I'm passionate about doing because that that comes across on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep trying to do adventures that haven't been done before, that perk people's interest. And try and get them to fall in love with adventure as, as, a, as a concept through my narration and all that. And if it takes me a lot of time to make, then, then that's all right. Because luckily I can still do the GeoGuessr videos fairly regularly in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's strange having a channel that has two completely, well, I guess they're mm-hmm. kind of linked, but two different things. Cause there's like an overlap of the fans and sometimes there are odds with each other, <laughs> which is quite rare. <laughs> yeah.
2: So the, so the, oh, I, was, I was just, when you were saying that, I was thinking, okay, so, so what you're saying then is to have a successful YouTube channel it doesn't say much about the quality. It's as long as you've got the volume going into it, which I think we're sorted, David. Yeah, you know, we, we've got we've got the volume. We just go. haven't the quality. We've we've never been strong on that bit. But you know, it's like if that's the algorithm, then let's let's go
1: with it. Basically, what I'm saying is, you can just upload a pile of crap. <laughs> every week and that's that's the winning formula <laughs> no i'm joking no. of course <laughs>
0: so um so, so when did you first do the um the straight line the first chat like how how did that come about i'm sure you first... told through a million times but yeah, no it's cool of
1: yeah. yeah um the first straight line mission was 2019 uh march 2019 and it was in wales and I just were I was I would have been 28 at the time and I was just yearning for an adventure and I thought mm-hmm. I can take advantage of my YouTube I can give my YouTube subscribers uh take advantage of those 60,000 subscribers give them something entertaining but also do something that hasn't been done before and I was pretty sure it hadn't been done before <laughs> and cuz of all my experience hopping fences in my teens mm. I knew that I was probably I had an inside knowledge of what was possible. You know, I'd been chased by a few farmers in the past and I know how they react and all this. And yeah, I just went for it and I didn't know what to expect. It didn't really go fully to plan. Uh, I, I did fail that one, but I did a lot better than I thought I might do. And it was a great experience and I've been doing them when I can ever since.
0: And how did you decide that the start point and the end point? Because it would be very easy to almost determine how difficult it was just by deciding those two things and the angle almost of what yeah. you're going and, and looking on them at what you're cutting through. Like, How did you decide yeah. something that was going to be a good balance of adventure but also fun?
1: Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of factors to take into account. Uh, for those listening who, who maybe don't fully understand, I've just got to plot a line uh, from, well, to answer your question, from from the border of England and Wales to the coast of Wales, um, cutting right across, completely straight line, plot it on a GPS. Well, I plot it on Google Earth, upload it to the GPS, and then I've just got to turn up and follow it, not to the meter because the signal is never that good and a meter is impossible anyway, but to hopefully within 25 meters at most. But it, that's only if, you know, a farmer's chasing you around his yard or something, you know, extreme. But um yeah, to answer your question, you really have got, got to go on Google Earth and really study it. You've got to know what you're looking at. You've got to be able to identify mountains, swamps, obviously things like railway tracks, buildings, farmyards, Avoid as many farms and villages as you can because you don't want to be trespassing in people's back gardens and stuff. Although I have had to do that. Um, and yeah, just try and make it... And then the gradients, you know, you can't have a cliff <laughs> or a really steep mountain because that's very dangerous. Um, And yeah, so it's all in the tweaking of the line. There's a lot how, you can do by tweaking. So how many... Say the first line you drew, how many times did you have
0: to redraw it because you found something that wasn't going to work
1: well it's it's a constant you you just put a line down and you, you immediately realize that oh there's a town there's a town i've got to go to the south of this town so you try that uh and then you oh one second oh <laughs> sorry my girlfriend's walked in the room um you so you go to the south of the town oh you go oh no there's a huge mountain there let's try the north of the town oh no there's a lake can we kayak across the lake? And you've just gotta weigh it all up and find the safest but also most entertaining route. <laughs>
2: and what was <laughs> got to get the balance, even, right? What, what even what the angle
1: th- of a town. If you, if you think of the angle of a town,
0: when you then change even half a degree, yeah. that then could be a hundred mile difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And so So you're dragging both ends around and you yeah. You're just tweaking and tweaking until you get a happy happy middle ground
2: (laughs) what was the what was the reason that you you failed that first one what what did what did you come up against
1: the first one for a start there was terrible weather so within the first 500 meters i'd say (laughs) i came up against this river called the river tanat which if there hadn't been heavy rainfall i just would have been able to wade across quite easily yeah but it was like this two or three meter deep raging torrent which was freezing cold as well as you can imagine in march and i toyed with the idea of swimming across it but i'm very glad i didn't do that so i had to just walk round this meander and then there was this dilapidated old footbridge which was literally rotting and i managed to like sort of uh climb across that which was also quite dangerous but so weather um, kind of scuppered that. But I only went 100 meters wide and carried on. In the end, four days in, so I did quite well until four days in, but I was in the mountains um, and just it was getting dark. I was still up in the mountains. I was ringing wet because it had been raining all day. I was, hyper, you know, verging on hypothermic. And I'd arranged to meet this guy called Joey, a subscriber of mine, on the other side of the mountains. And I had no phone signal. It was bad planning because I had to get down off the mountains because it was dark. Um, and if I'd have stayed up there, he he thought I would have died. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's a long story, but it, the long and short of it was poor planning. And yeah. to um, get four
2: days in, like, four it? days in and then just. Yeah, I know it was gutting. Uh,
1: oh. It was gutted. I've had some bad that, luck.
0: So what, what do you pack then? What does he pack that first time? Because you could obviously pack huge amounts, but the more you carry, the harder it gets.
1: The more, the, the more you carry, very much the harder it gets. And the most recent uh, straight line mission that I did, which was Wales Attempt 3 <laughs> with my brother Ben, <laughs> proved that because we got chased by a farmer for about six or seven fields. He was the angriest man you'll ever (laughs) see in your entire life. I swear to God. We didn't damage any of his property, but he was just furious that we were on his land. And we escaped from him by the skin of our teeth. Um, We had heavy backpacks on and just marching and running up a hill was just absolutely exhausting. I rolled my ankle shortly after that, actually, because I was just so exhausted. So that kind of ties in with what you're saying. If you carry too much, if I had an extra half a kilo in that bag, he would have mm. caught us. So you have got to pack light. I just pack a lightweight tent, lightweight sleeping bag, um, a couple of adventure foods. I I have stash points along the way. So bags with food and water in every night. So, so as not to carry it.
0: Every yeah. night?
1: So every you put night. those out
0: in advance?
1: Yeah. Stashing is... I learned a couple of these adventures in that stashing is absolutely crucial because you keep the pack the pack weight down you spend less time filtering water and stuff you can just have all the water at your camp um yeah there's a lot of planning that goes into them (laughs) but does does that because that also then requires you to be able to
0: get to where you can stash because i assume a lot of these you're not necessarily going to have natural crossovers
1: no, that's very true. In. Yeah, and, and that's why when I can I have a support person, which is usually my girlfriend Verity, um, who just walked in the room. Um, she <laughs> when she's available, she when she's available, she will like the last mission we did, she was staying in a B and B and she met us occasionally to to take our smelly pants and socks off us and give us fresh ones and charge the batteries and stuff like that
2: how does she oh, yeah. how does she feel I, about all of this
1: um i i force her into doing it no no um she she's happy to be involved people comment on my videos saying your poor girlfriend like you know <laughs> the things you make her do but she's happy to be involved she she i wouldn't say she loves it but she's supportive supportive i think yeah supportive but also worried that i'm gonna like Fall off a cliff, so she wants to be nearby. <laughs> oh, there
0: if we go. On... <laughs> yeah, Grace <If you're laughs> just came on screen now and slapped your, like, <laughs> yes, no, don't threw you for a drink <laughs> over you, or like <laughs> I'm leaving. Or
1: <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Yeah.
0: And and say that angry farmer. Um, it sounds like there's been a few of them. What what do you think their anger stems from, and and how do you typically deal with people who who are angry at something? Because I, I guess you are in the wrong
1: yeah I will say um, we have come across three or four farmers so far and some of them have actually been really nice, um, especially in Scotland where um, there's a right to there's more of a yeah. right to roam than in England and Wales. Um, most I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I'd say 60 or 70 percent of farmers they'll say, look, that's all right. I appreciate what you're doing. I like the fact that you're outdoors however i'm gonna have to show you off my land and you can follow me it's this way but they won't be angry Mm. but some some farmers and it's a hard life for them so i I kind of get where they might be angry but some of them they're just yeah there was just no talking to this guy he was fuming because we'd kind of given him the runaround like (laughs) <laughs> he'd hopped his fences and he had to drive round, open a gate drive oh, through okay. close the gate and he did that like five or six times um yeah he, he wasn't happy but i think by and because people ask me why don't you just ask permission to go through these fields oh, and yeah. i think the answer would we'd, we'd be <laughs> you I, yeah i think some of them might say well you can come down this bit but i have to be present but most would say well you, you can't climb over my fence so mm yeah it is naughty but i'll grow out of it one day
0: (laughs) and um and with that first mission then like how
1: how was it different to what you're expecting um good question it was it's just a totally unique experience it's it's you know it's what amazes me is um you know i've been on many hikes as many of your listeners would have done through trails you know on paths up, up and down mountains, through forests. But nothing can prepare you for what, going in a straight line, not on a path. You're never on a path. Nothing can prepare you for it because you go through a wood. Next time you're on a a hike and you're following a path, just look to the left and right of you. You've got stingy nettles, brambles, fallen logs, fallen trees. And you just think, well, I can't go through there but it's, it's that like constantly. So you're constantly battling against, you know, brambles or ferns or hedges and it's just horrible to be honest. It's really, sometimes you're just there going, what am I doing? Like this is, this, what is this all for? <laughs> um, it's, it's just the, a very unique, wearing... sorry. Okay. I was just going to say, it's a very unique way of, it's a very unique style of adventure. It's a very tough one.
0: So do do you do you now have kind of completely covered skin just so that you know nothing's going to scratch mm-hmm. you, nothing's going to bite you, nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Brambles is 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 the thing. Um, yeah, I now wear rip stop. I did just wear British Army uh, ex army mm. uh, smock uh, DPM smock. Just off eBay, quite cheap, but that wasn't water. It wasn't fully waterproof, and I, I got very cold and wet from wearing them. But they were quite thornproof. But now I've spent a bit more money and gone with this company called Arctis, who make mili- military-grade stuff. And it, it isn't cheap, but it's like really—it's waterproof, it's ripstop, and you can just plow through stinging nettles, brambles, twigs, and yeah, that they, they just bounce off. So. And that is how, good.
0: <laughs> how does it work with um, with things like wildlife? Because when you're not, when you're on a path, you often run into wildlife. Mm. But imagine even more so when you're not on a path, because that's where they're not expecting humans to be, and they're almost
1: a lot of animals
0: are, are hiding in habitat.
1: Mm. Um. Well, I, I the only. The only uh, missions I've done are I've been in Britain, so I haven't seen any anything that could hurt me. Um, that's kind of partly what scares me about doing them abroad. <laughs> I did Norway, where there's I think there was uh, the chance of bears, uh, but I didn't see any animals in Norway. Madly, to be honest, it, they're pretty scarce. I saw a I saw a deer in Scotland, but it just bolted off pretty pretty pronto. So wildlife. Hasn't been as um, kind of pleasant as you might expect, <laughs> e- even being so off piste. Yeah. And and what kind of distances are you
0: covering? And and how? But how slow does it get when you're
1: truly in the thick of it? Um. So the mission across Wales uh, expeditions have been anywhere between thirty-two and and thirty-eight miles because it's it doesn't sound very far but it's mm. as the crow flies it's surprisingly mm. narrow wales um when you just pop popping out at an estuary scotland i think was was 38 although i only got halfway through that norway was 18 miles the the shortest day i ever did and this was a full day me and greg did 5 miles because it was just as i said like yeah, just forests, gorse, brambles, farmers. Like sometimes we get to a farm and there's a tractor mulling about, so we have to just hide mm. for a while, you know, and <laughs> wait till he's gone. Just things can slow you down. <laughs> and and when it comes to filming, how do you
0: decide kind of what is is good to tell, and how do you decide? Because, say for example, that that bridge you're trying to cross, where yeah. It's obviously an inc- incredible footage, but then also you need to be filming. You, so you need to be climbing. You need to be concentrating. Like, how do you how do you do that well?
1: Yeah. So I have a GoPro, um, which is firmly on my head when I'm doing anything where I need both hands. Um, funnily enough, though, it's funny you mentioned that bridge because I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before publicly, but. I crossed that bridge, which was scary. Like if I'd have, if I'd have fallen in, I think I would have drowned because I had my boots on, my bag on, and everything. Mm. I crossed this bridge kind of by hanging on those wires, got to the other side, and realised that my GoPro, because it was on my head, hadn't filmed any of it. <laughs> so I had to. So I thought, fuck that. I'm, sorry, sorry if uh, you don't have swearing. So I thought, screw that. Yeah, it's fine. I've got to go back and uh, <laughs> film it this time. So I climbed back over, actually made sure the camera was on, and then came over again. <laughs> and and then um, like you were so close to to
0: completing that first mission, but mm. you know, frustratingly didn't. Was there a chance that that could have been it for the the straight line challenges?
1: No, I was, I was hell-bent on doing them again, partly because it was so popular. I mean, that, I, that was recommended to everyone, that video. I, I had many people saying, my work colleague has watched your video and so-and-so. That got millions of views, um, which was more than I ever could have hoped for in my wildest dreams. Um, so it was partly the popularity, but also I really wanted to, I really enjoy... Well, I mean, they're horrible when you're doing them, but I'm sure you can relate. You know, it's mm. the same with running. They're horrible when you're in the thick of the run, <laughs> yeah. but it's afterwards, it's that feeling, the feelings you get from from putting yourself in such horrible situations is twistedly uh, addictive. And um, I was keen to do a successful one, very much so. And and from those first videos um, of that challenge, like, what do
0: you what did you kind of learn about the audience that they wanted to see?
1: Mm, That's a good question. Um, I think, I think by and large, they just, it was more positive than I thought it would be because YouTube comments can be a dark place. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think people just were, I think people were just lapping up the, the originality of it. Um, And I, Mm -hmm. I did put a lot of, I did i'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to the editing it takes me an age to do because um, I'm very i'm trialing and erroring I'm trying different ideas with the editing but I know how I want it to look so I think people appreciated the care um, that I put into the editing the narration and all that and i think it made it quite comfortable for them to watch so uh, but then on the other side you do always get the hate, you know, you shouldn't be trespassing, you know, you shouldn't be damaging people's property, you know, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. And do you think that hate comes from just angry people
0: or do you think there is genuine concern or do you think it's, it's people who are affected by people like yourself?
1: I think a mixture. I think obviously there's always the um, angry people on YouTube who will take objection to anything you do. But um, like, for example, me and Greg did, um, we attempted a mission across Scotland during, technically it was during lockdown, which a lot of people objected to. Um, but I think, yeah, so, so in that, yeah, p- people have their opinions and that's, and that's fine. And, and if they've got a point, if they've got a good point, I will always take it on board. Mm. If, they, if I feel like they're just being, if, if I read it and go, meh, I disagree. Then yeah. I'm pretty at peace with that, you know. Yeah. I just stick by my own. If I disagree, I disagree. But if they've got a point, I'll take it on board. So, challenge two. Then, what was? How did that differ in your approach and and what you're trying to achieve? The are you referring to the second straight line mission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Greg, um, my step brother, you know, my old partner in adventure from all those early uh, countryside missions. It was really exciting to do on with him uh it was going great it, it, it was planned quite well we were on course for a, a gold run which is um uh, furthest deviation is within 50 meters um but sadly greg um, fell kind of ill it, he's not diabetic but he's got a similar thing it's not it's nothing too serious it's called addison's and he had like the equivalent of a diabetic, uh, what would you call it? Crisis mm. uh, in, in a, a scary place to have it actually a really, really remote kind of wooded gorge where like you're like an hour from any sort of road. Mm. So we had to just leave the light, you know, his safety came first and we had to leave the line. So that's how that one ended. So that's, was a bit of bad luck there. Um, the third one, third one I did was Norway, which was a success. Um, you'd think Norway would be really mountainous, but I picked a good, good line there. Um, Scotland police stopped us halfway through because <laughs> a farmer, a farmer called the police on us, uh, cause we were during lockdown and they sent us
2: oh, piss off okay. back
1: to England, <laughs> uh, which is fair enough. Uh, And the most recent one
0: actually did stop that attempt.
1: Yeah. um, Me and Greg somewhat foolishly camped on some land that I thought was completely out of view Mm. um, from farmers or anything. But this farmer's wife happened to walk up to walk the dogs and she saw us and she said hello and waved and was very nice. And then she went back down. And then an hour or so later, the farmer came up on his quad bike and said, what the hell are you doing? There's a lockdown. Um, And we were like, oh, we're sorry. We explained what we were doing. And he said, look, that's all right. You can stay here for the night, but just make sure you go first thing in the morning. We said, okay, that's very nice of you. Thank you, thank you. An hour later, when it was pitch black, some torches, we saw some torches coming up and we didn't think for what, we didn't even consider it might be the police. We thought the farmer's coming back up. He's had a change of heart he's brought his boys up or something and uh only when they were right next to us we we saw that it was the police and so he'd, oh, were you, he'd gone were you in filming this to try in and- I did to- film it yeah you can't see a lot because it's dark but <laughs> I don't know why he did that to this day he must have wanted us to stay there so he could dob us in but the police they were quite they were quite uh they were quite uh, irate at first that we were had the audacity to be gallivanting around Scotland during a lockdown, uh, which I which I get. But after that, they warmed to us and uh, just said, "Look, if you go home, we won't take you to court." Nic- wow. Nicola Sturgeon's court. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it does amaze me though that um,
0: in the flesh, people are genuinely angry. I, I can understand farmers if you're, you're you're disrupting their business or causing yeah. havoc on their farm, but otherwise, it's It just seems to be almost that kind of quintessentially Victorian British style, wacky, attempted, you know, the type of thing that seems very, very British and admirable and fun and like.
1: um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most people are very nice, I have to say. And (laughs) so so what was the first success then? That was the Norway one um partly because it's not possible to trespass in Norway mm. it was just all even if you're in someone's back garden it's not illegal which is crazy wow. yeah there's like this I mean maybe maybe technically they could remo- have you removed but they don't mm. you can walk through someone's garden and they won't come out and tell you off um not that there were many gardens it was mainly wilderness mm. that was a great one it was just so wild it was up by the arctic circle so it was like it was only dark for like two hours, um, and it was just a, such a mystical place, full of berries and mushrooms and amazing plants. And yeah, that did was really you cool.
0: Partake in any yeah. mushrooms <laughs> on the
1: on the one day? I that's all I did. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, I didn't dare. I didn't dare eat any mushrooms. <laughs> and
0: and at the end of that, did it feel like? Was it? really joyful to have success or was it almost disappointing that you've been like oh right we've done it now
1: oh there's always that feeling isn't there when you when you do something you've been working towards it's like oh the journey's over Mm. i feel kind of but but overall it was because they're so they're so grueling um sometimes they're so frustrating as i was saying earlier all the foliage and it's just like a it was a real weight off my shoulders that was because also you've got to factor in my youtube audience they've seen me fail twice now at this point mm. if i failed a third time a lot of them might just go "Ah, oh, this guy i'm going to watch someone else who can actually achieve what he <laughs> sets out to do so it was it, it, that was probably the biggest the best feeling about it was like yes i've actually achieved you know there's a record under my name now i've been the first person to do this now um, I can just there's there's some pressure lifted off my shoulders yeah.
0: and did you did you feel
1: that like was the response from your
0: audience at the achievement what you expected
1: i- do you know I can't really remember i th- i think yeah they were they were as I say, they're usually so positive anyway, and that they always tell me they don't mind if I fail, they just like watching the journey, but yeah. I think um yeah, they were very stoked for me, yeah, I guess I think so. <laughs> And kind of physically how how draining is it on on you compared
0: to something like walking? Is it very mm. different because you're you're having to you know, crawl through almost?
1: Yeah, it can be insanely energy zapping. Um, I mean if you're a really fit hiker you'll be okay but so imagine you walk in what well, one of the most energy zapping things say if you were to attempt Wales or Scotland or something. You know, you have those, um, the moors, you know, mm. you know, when you're up in the moors and it's like um, marshy sort of tufty grass, it's just miles and miles of that. Um, when you go, when, when you're going over the hills or the mountains, it's just miles of that bracken and morse and heather. And it's just so energy zapping because you're not on a path. So it's just mm. all iggledy piggledy. It's like real ankle ankle roll territory. So you really can, even if you were to go as fast as you possibly could, you'd only do like 15 miles in a day. Mm. And that's going up and down hills. That's if you're really fit. Um, And like when you're going up a a steep hill, I I really took for granted what a path was. A path being a flat section that's like chiseled out of the hillside. Mm. As soon as you go on something that hasn't got a path, your right foot is say if it's sloping up to the right, your right foot is doing all the work and your left foot is just hanging in the air. And so it's ruining your right foot. All your skin is just being pulled to the side. Your right leg is the one that's doing all the work. And it's just like, oh, it's, after a while, you're, you're just burning up. Yeah, it's very difficult. And um, so when did you decide to try
0: the dribbling across?
1: Oh, um, It was some time last year that I decided to do that. Um, Don't ask how I came up with it. I love playing football and I love challenges. And the idea just came to me. I wonder if I can dribble a football across Britain. That seemed like the obvious thing because it's got a good ring to it. It sounds good. Probably sounds better than it is. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like it's you started, a good the right point.
2: you started at the right point does it sound good because I, I think that's that's the key yeah. to any challenge isn't it it's like does this sound yeah. good
1: <laughs> yeah like is it going to impress people does it stick in people's heads like oh this guy swam across the channel everyone can relate to it everyone knows mm. what what that distance is yeah rather than saying oh i swam from shrewsbury to worcester <laughs> along the river seven no one will know what what that distance yeah. is. Um, so it, there was an element of that, but just the right amount of distance, about 75 miles to make it to make me question whether it was actually doable to do it in 24 hours. Um, and I should say, I'm not going to give away whether I did succeed in under 24 hours uh, because obviously it's been released tomorrow. So I won't ruin the... Uh, surprise <laughs> and what how, how
0: do you kind of set rules to yourself to try and firstly make
1: it harder but also actually make it achievable well in this case um, yeah I, yeah you're right I do set rules I think you've got to have rules um, otherwise things can get out of hand um, in this case it was quite straightforward kick a football um, from Carlisle to Newcastle coast to coast. Um, One of the rules I had was no one else can touch. If someone else kicks the ball and it goes forward, we have to take the ball back to before the point that they kicked it. I think it glanced off the cameraman's leg at one point. Uh, Little things like that. But mainly it was just, you know, don't cheat. Don't don't pick up the ball. Just kick it the whole way. how,
2: How did you define a dribble? Like, did it have to stay within a certain a certain distance of your foot the whole, you know, to, to to class it as a as a dribble, rather than hoofing it as hard yeah. as you can? And <laughs> it's technically well, dribbling. yeah,
1: yeah. That's a good question, um, and I'm I am worried that that's the thing that I'm worried most about from the comments is is people who are going to say, <laughs> "Well, you weren't dribbling it; you were just hoofing it." The, my answer is: at times, you have to dribble it when the path is as such that the ball could roll into a ditch or roll down a hill. You have to keep it Hmm. by you.
2: Yeah.
1: uh, Which really does. I mean, have you guys done ultra marathons like really long runs? Yeah. 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 You'll know then that the key to doing those, completing those, or at least comfortably is getting into a rhythm, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, You know, just zoning out, finding your rhythm. That's how you eat up the miles. And I, the first time I took the ball out was along the canal. Uh, I did an eight mile run along the, a, a narrow canal towpath and round where I live. And um, it was mentally exhausting <laughs> because mm. the ball, it was like every other step. I had to lunge my foot oh, out God. and stop the ball going in either the canal or the bush.
2: Yeah,
1: And honestly, by the end of it, I was like, oh, I can't do that for 70 miles. No <laughs> way. So, but mercifully, the paths. Um, obviously, when you get off the canal, the paths can be a lot more favourable, where you can kick the ball a bit further. But it's it's about getting the balance. You don't want to hoof it too far because it it's susceptible to rolling into bushes, and yeah. so you've just got to kind of do medium sized strokes, really.
0: And are you good at football? <laughs> uh,
1: I'm, if you'll ask my mates, they'll tell you I'm not a particularly great player in a match situation. I'm quite small. I'm not that strong. Um, and I, I'm not very. My own... I like the way you've defined it. I'm not in a match
2: situation. What, 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 yeah, what other yeah. situation? You're brilliant if there's no one <laughs> else playing.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically, if, if you put me in front of a goal or you stand me on a field, I can pass the ball to someone really accurately and, and I've got a good touch oh, and yeah. I've got a good shot. I can volley a ball quite well, but in a match situation, I've just, I when I'm under pressure and there's lots of players stampeding towards me, I, I kind of lose my cool a bit. Um, so I'm not that my composure in a match situation isn't that good. But I've got a good touch and a good pass, which I, I, I knew they'd be important, but I didn't realise just how important they would be because. You got to judge the land ahead of you. Because yeah, and, you've,
2: it's not it's not just yeah. that, is it? If you're hoofing the ball in front of you, and and there's e- ever a possibility that there are people there at any point, yeah, they, it's the <clears> serious <throat> danger that someone else is going to come and hoof it because it's just it's a yeah nat, a natural thing to want to do when you see a ball. Oh, look, there's a ball. I'm going to hoof it as hard as I can, regardless of whose it is yeah. or what it is. And so did you did you ever come up with that? Or or you just very careful to stay away from, from
0: people as much as possible? Or even, or even the rudeness of not passing to someone if there's a kid yeah. there. Or if there's someone
1: who's like,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, like it
0: right. comes to play and you're just oh, like, yeah. get out. I'm on a
2: challenge.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love kicking ball. I, when I'm on a park and a ball comes anywhere near me, I yeah. love kicking it back to who, whoever it is. It's one of my favourite things to do, along with giving directions. Um, but... <laughs> but yeah um luckily there weren't too many people on the path there was there was one point where we were kicking it down this nice path and um two big dogs came bounding towards us i don't know what they were they were big shaggy looking dogs and we i had to get the ball under my foot and go no but they would have they wanted to bite the ball you could tell mm. they were so dogs was a bigger threat because they they would actually pop the ball easily, wouldn't they? Yeah.
0: And um, would you have tried to continue with a popped ball?
1: No. I. We oh, had definitely. some spares in the um. We had some spares in the van, in the support van, and we figured, like, you know, because a ball could get popped in a in a in a blackthorn bush, you know, it mm. could get popped in a by brambles. Um. So we figured, look, if a ball gets popped it's not kick a it's not necessarily kick one football across britain it's kick a football across britain not kick a football across britain so we figured if it gets popped we'll just get a, um a spare ball make sure it's behind that point and there's no it's not about that it's, it's just about doing it they're not going to like that yeah. on youtube <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing, and, and I know. Pe- no, but you're right. People will always find something to moan uh, uh,
2: about. Ah yeah, that's it—the gotcha, the gotcha crew.
1: Yeah, hey, did you, did you I've trained, stopped listening. Did, did
0: you train for this? Then did you have because it's? I imagine it's things like core stability are super important, and just some muscles you'd never expect.
1: Yes, this is one thing I really, I've never trained so hard for anything. Um, I, yeah, I wanted to smash it. Well, for a start, doing it in 24 hours, I knew that I would have to, there's no way you're doing that unless you train for that. So I did a lot of um, running to begin with. I did a lot of half marathons off road. Took I took the ball out a few times, but once you've done that, once you've kind of done it, you don't really need to do. <laughs> I love that much. you. Took a ball to a half um, marathon.
2: What 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 would they have been saying? <laughs> Just drop that at the start. Well, line.
1: look, <laughs> yeah, take it to park run. Yeah, every week. Um, no, I took it on quiet paths. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I did a lot of running. I did a lot of half marathons, and then I realised, wait a minute. I'm going to be walking probably two thirds of the time. (laughs) Mm. I'm not going to be running the whole thing. So I need to make sure I can walk 70 miles first and foremost, because I think in that last 20 or 30 miles, you know, if I can't walk, if I haven't walked more than 30 miles to prepare for this, my legs are Mm. going to be not very conditioned. Um, So I, I made sure I did I did a 30 mile hike uh, in Wales in the hills I did a 40 mile hike in the Peak District um walking uphill and running downhill I did like four of those and then after that I felt I felt like I was pretty ready
0: and um I mean how how close were you were you constantly having to look at the clock were you was like, was that was the time a real pressure
1: yeah there were points where we didn't think we'd um make it but in the end um we we I can confirm that we did uh, do it in the 24 hours. Whee! 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 Oh that's you a said, nice twist to the podcast. When you, yeah
2: it? when you when you said that you didn't think you're going to make it what for, for what reason what you were getting behind on time or or you know what was the what was, what, what what were those moments?
1: Well there was a moment when we just done we'd done the first marathon which was mainly uphill. Yeah. So we'd walked most of that. And like we, it's a, bit, it's, it's a bit of a silly story, but I basically I, I got I got a, um, a figure wrong, and I thought what we basically thought had happened was um, we'd we'd walked three miles more than the route actually was, right? Just by zigzagging and, and doing U turns, going the wrong way occasionally. So we were like, shit, we've done three miles more than what we should mm. have done. So if we project that on, that's 10 miles over the whole thing. So we've got an extra 10 miles to do and we're behind on time. But that wasn't actually the case. We were only a mile out, um, which over the whole thing extrapolated was was three miles added on. Um, but at that point, we thought we were well and well and truly behind. Um, but but you never... you. You also never know because the last marathon is always going to be slower, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but in the end, it was it, it was all good.
0: <laughs> and, and do you think it's it's going to give you a, a new audience? Because as soon as you put a football in something, suddenly
1: it's <laughs> you know, yeah,
2: that's, that's it. that's
1: a global, global appeal. That's what I'm hoping, yeah. I'm really hoping that um, definitely in Britain and Europe, there's going to be a lot of guys who aren't necessarily interested in adventures um, or ge- certainly GeoGuessr, but they like football. So they click on that. That's what I'm hoping. I'm really hoping that doubly um, so this time because we're raising money for charity. It's the first time I've ever uh, raised money for charity on my channel. So if this can get out to a wider audience, that would be incredible because that means more donations to uh, Calm uh, and the other two charities. So that would be awesome.
0: And if, if people want to donate, what's the best way for them to to find that page?
1: Oh, simply go on the description um, and the link will be there to the Just Giving page. There's Calm, uh, there's the running charity. I don't know if you have yeah, talked about them. Yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we know them pretty well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, that looks fantastic. Uh, obviously, Russ works yeah. closely with them, yeah. and then the last one is um, the James Brinley Foundation, which is a, more of a local charity that's close to my heart, which is knife crime, um, tackling knife crime. So, yeah. But going back to what you said, yeah, I'm really hoping it opens up a new audience. Um, that'll be great. And which which of the two? Because
0: you you've done far more direct lines. As uh, you've got so straight lines, you've got the the football one now. Do you, do you have an instinct of which what well, which one did you prefer doing of the two um styles and do you do you think you'll ever combine the two or or you could be heading more into like different types of challenges in the future
1: I think combining the two that we did joke about that doing a straight line mission with a football I don't know I don't You'll have to, uh, I'll have to let that one brew a little while. I don't know about that, but um, yeah, never say never. Um, I'm definitely going to do more straight line missions while I'm still young. And while it's, you know, there will come a point where I'll feel a bit stupid going in people's back gardens when I'm a certain age, but for now I'm really enjoying them. They are harder than the, than the ultra marathon with a ball. There's Mm. no doubt. It was hard. It was an absolute slog. It was really, really grueling. It felt never ending at times, but in terms of morale, the morale, cause, cause I had a great bunch of guys with me like Russ, for example, he's just, you know, he just exhumes vibes. And, um, so the, cause it was a 24 day thing and we knew it would, sorry, 24 hour thing, we knew it would be over at some point in the near future morale never really dropped that much with a straight line mission. It's like sometimes they can take up to five days. I've got one planned that will take longer than five days and it's morale can be so low uh, because you're wet, you're camping out in a forest, you're on your own, uh, you're cold, you're miserable. They don't, they do not compare in terms of uh, morale and toughness in that sense. But maybe as a physical feat, the, the the ball thing was harder. I don't know. And would you do
0: you think you'd try a kind of four or five ball thing, or would that be physically? Like, yes, really?
1: I think I would. Me and Russ were talking semi-jokingly, but I don't think he was joking at all. He's a <laughs> madman. Um, dribbling a football. Um, be- between every single Premier League stadium. <laughs> do you know
2: what? Doing, as, you, as we were talking about this, I was thinking, imagine if you were dribbling a ball between every stadium. Like it just it seems the obvious thing to do. I know. It's just it does, doesn't. It, it? it's like it has to be done.
1: It yeah. I think it might have to be done. I need to look at how long how far that is. Because that's gotta be that's got Is to it, be it. Has been pushing on forward. a thousand miles. Yeah, it has yeah. been
0: run before, but then it changes every year, so it's always
1: going to be slightly different. That's true. Yeah, we'll have to wait for. Uh, I don't know Newcastle to be relegated. Yeah, you're, yeah, so you've
2: got to get you because you know that you've got to go Newcastle and de- all the way down to Brighton, and so yeah. you know, you're going the length the of the country. Or- That's yeah.
1: it. Yeah, you basically want as many London teams in there as possible, which I don't really want. Um, but like, yeah, you just want to do QPR, Crystal Palace, Charlton Athletic, Chelsea, <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> but that that would be a bit silly, wouldn't it? Just running around London with a football. <laughs> and um, and
0: you you mentioned about the low moments. Like, what would you say was the lowest moment you've had on one of your adventures?
1: Um, for me, I get I get quite lonely and a little bit sad when I'm out there camping on my own in a dark, unforgiving remote. Mm. cold wet forest I don't know if that's something you guys ever do (laughs) Uh, camping out it's it's I don't know it's it's lonesome and Mm. those are my low points I think I must feed off other people a lot because those are my low points when I'm on my own Uh, that is partly why I've tried to do it with um, Greg Ben um, since the only one I did on my own was Norway and um, the first Wales one but um those are the low points for me yeah just being cold and wet not even being able to make a fire because all the all the wood is wet on the floor mm. and just having to push through the night on your own but what i will say to counteract that is the next day when you wake up and the sun comes out and you you're doing it you you're on the move again that is a level of high yeah having been through that low that's a level of kind of contentness and pride in oneself yeah. that I've never never matched so <laughs> I think that that goes across the board doesn't it if you if you go through a low the highs are all all the more uh pronounced mm. and and where was your where would be your
0: dream location if you could because obviously places like America just be gun laws and things like that would oh god yeah be too difficult but if 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 you were able to almost remove certain elements that would stop you of going anywhere in the world, like mm. what, where do you think would be your ideal place to do it?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I don't suppose. Sorry to give a boring answer. I don't think that there would be one particular place. I think anywhere that's beautiful and has a different landscape to what we're used to. Although as it happens, Britain is a great landscape to do it in. I find. Um, nothing that can really hurt you and Mm. um yeah it but yeah i think um yeah just a beautiful interesting landscape like when i went to norway it was the foliage and the landscape i'd never Mm. seen anything like it so it was like being in the hobbit it was like being in the shire you know so anywhere that's new yeah someone like japan could be really Mm.
0: cool because it's i've looked at japan yeah familiar in terms of temperatures but actually i can't imagine there's many i don't think there's many things that can kill you in japan um yeah but you'd imagine the the exploding phase nuclear power plants
2: tsunamis I,
1: no japan looks really um it, it's very mountainous that's all big ma- mm. big mountain ranges are a bit of a no-no because i'm not really a climber i don't know how to use ropes but Japan looks, it is possible to do it in Japan, but apparently they're qu- also quite strict law wise. Mm. So if you were caught trespassing, mm. you could easily go to jail. And I just can't be asked to go to jail in a foreign country. <laughs> I bet Japan, and he, though, the he, prisons would be really modern.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: And have you had any um people kind of copy you or, or individuals who've done some crazy things you just thought, oh god, what is going on here? No 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 no, that's not what I was hoping for.
1: So far, luckily no one's killed themselves doing straight line missions, but I am waiting for that to happen. Um there have been people who have been copying me more recently. I copying me. I don't I don't mind them doing it, so I don't really see it as copying me. I don't mm. call it that. I just call it as they've been influenced by me and yeah. most of the time uh and I'm flattered by it I think it's great I'm not bothered that anyone's copied my straight line mission most of the time they um nod their hat to me and say you know obviously this was made famous by Geo Wizard but I'm going to give they're it probably a, a fan you'd assume, yeah, you would assume Yeah yeah exactly but there were two lads recently who um successfully this is the thing they didn't nod their hat to me they All they did actually was, uh, if anything, was rip me. (laughs) Um, But they, funnily enough, were the best um, competition I've had. So they're two young lads from Somerset or something. And they successfully crossed Scotland together with a, albeit with a a pretty comprehensive support crew that followed them around. Um, But fair play to them. They they did a great job uh, um, at doing it. So now I officially have competition which is spurring me on to do another one
2: and you know they're from somerset so they probably speak farmer really really well and that's probably yeah, well, that's probably given them a real advantage
1: yeah are who are exactly funnily that's enough it, yeah. funnily enough they're the opposite they're really posh they're kind of too... oh, they own
2: somerset oh i see right
1: <laughs> they own somerset yeah so it's pretty easy for them <laughs> now nah, they're not really Posh. But... privilege is what it is <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah
2: they know how to. They know how to speak to farmers. Get off my land! I think you'll find and it's my land. Actually,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The language of money usually does it.
0: And who do you, who do you kind of see as an adventurer that you admire, or whose YouTube videos do you watch and think, yeah, that's that's what I'd like to do as well?
1: Um, I've, I, do you know what? It sounds like an obvious one. I've always loved um, over the years. I've always watched Bear Grills and Ray Mears and people like that. You know, because they were like the main ones on TV. I love their I love their attitude towards adventure, um, but there's a guy on YouTube called Bo Miles. Have you heard of him? Yeah, 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 we've yeah, yeah, been, been to, yeah, Have exactly, you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah, because yeah. yeah. that's what oh, I was thinking. Because yeah, he does a
1: lot of running. Yeah,
2: so the stuff. Yeah, mm. I was thinking the oh, the things that you do is very kind of similar to what uh, to, to you know the kind of challenges that he he kind of does, and he has the same problems. Of course, you know, constantly getting into trouble with running across people's land yeah. and and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Dressed, dressed normal, you know, in a 1960s train driver's <laughs> outfit or whatever um which normally yeah, yeah. The situation, bizarre. But yeah because yeah he yeah he does some really interesting challenges
1: yeah so he's he's a guy who i discovered i think i was pointed in his direction after i did my first mission across wales people yeah. obviously said you got to check this guy out um and yeah he's just someone who really shares my um well i'm flattering myself but i think he really shares my um outlook on adventure like how you can literally have an adventure in your backyard so yeah, to speak yeah yeah and yeah. just follow a local river because you just see things from such a different angle to what you're mm. used to that it's automatically an adventure and oh, yeah, yeah i like kind of, the fact
0: it's like one mile an hour
1: marathon yeah one mile an hour marathon um he recently did a dirt he followed this dirty river this repugnant river through Sydney. I've always wanted to do something like that. Um, and yeah, he's again, someone who doesn't mind being a bit mischievous, being on someone's mm. land. Cause at the end of the day, you're doing more good than bad. Yeah. That's the yeah. way I see it. Like that when people were kicking off about doing Scotland during lockdown, I thought, yeah, I get your angle, but we're, first of all, we're not harming anyone. We're we're in the middle of nowhere. So we're not mm. spreading the virus really. Yeah. And You know, Bradley Walsh is in his ITV studio filming The Chase um, and everyone's tuning in and watching that and it's raising morale. The way I see it, well, this is my excuse anyway, is we're (laughs) raising people's morale and we're getting them into the outdoors and the adventure um, and doing more good for people's mental health than, you know, the half of these Instagrammers and, you know, people like that. So... So was, was I don't the policeman
0: not a fan of the chase? Then is that why? Did you did you explain <laughs> that to him? And he was That's like, it. "Mate, I'm more, I'm more um, uh, Countdown, you know." <laughs> yeah,
1: you got it. You've worked it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely wasn't a fan of us being there uh, to begin with. But he warmed to us. But yeah, amazing.
0: Well, um, congratulations on some epic challenges. And um, thank I you. Just. Just making content, that I think, does inspire people to to be a bit more adventurous. It's I hope just,
1: so. I hope so. That's well, my main aim.
0: I think you reach people that that wouldn't be reached otherwise by your Bear Grylls or your Ray Mears or yeah, um, which I think is hugely important for actually getting people involved in the outdoors. Um, Absolutely. Could you see yourself so becoming? could you see yourself becoming a patron of? Um, the national trust or kind of getting involved in that side of things at some point?
1: Uh, potentially. Um, it's not something I've, I'm thinking about just yet. Mm-hmm. My mom's always going on at me that I should be a presenter. I should be the next Matt Baker or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I have had the odd offer to make TV programs. But at the moment I feel like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep yeah. doing what I love with YouTube. I have complete control over what I'm doing. I can present things the way I want them to, and um, I think that shines through. Try and inspire people and um, make a bit of money as well.
0: And kind um, of any last tips for any budding YouTube um, adventures out there of how
1: to? What are the key things to, to create a good video? Um i'm no youtube um success guru but for me what has worked uh was i think uh, one winning uh ingredient has is is obviously always to find a a unique selling point Mm -hmm. i think that really helps i don't think it's i don't think you need that i think you could still make it if you compensated in other ways if you had a lot of character and people like your personality and you're passionate about what you do. I think you can just have those and you'd probably be all right. But I think if you can combine that with new fresh ideas, I think um, which is getting harder and harder um, as the years go by, because YouTube is, you know, filling up with all these amazing things. But I think those, those would be my main um, ingredients. Be passionate, come across good on camera. At first I was really, not, I was terrible on camera. I hated the sound of my voice. I thought narration sounded stupid. I thought all my mates were going to take the piss out of me. But after a while, you, you, if you want to do it, you'll do it, and you'll, you'll find your feet.
0: Amazing. Well, we, we've mentioned. Um, we also know your YouTube channel. You've mentioned the the how to get how to donate to charity. Anything else you want to plug, or any ways in which people can follow you?
1: Uh. Ooh, i'm on patreon i'm on youtube i am on i t- i've recently made tiktok but i i think i'm i might be banned from there soon uh, just for, for uploading dangerous clips of me so there we are that, if that doesn't
2: persuade people to check out your tiktok account i don't know what yes
1: <laughs> exactly exactly unfortunately all the dangerous clips were taken down no um no plugging really i've i've Made an album. Uh, I've um, all my music on my videos. Oh, yes, I, I composed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only other thing I can think of. It's called "16 Bit Adventure." If you like um, Sega Mega Drive music, Nintendo oh, music, nice. it's kind of like that sort of vibes. Have um, you sent it
0: to Charlie Brooker?
1: No, I haven't. Should you I? He
0: would love it. Yeah, I mean, on Desert Island Discs, and it, if you think about his screen wipe stuff and stuff like that, yeah, um, okay. he's always. He's always narrating the music, and he, when he did his Desert Island Discs, he talked about um, some of the songs he chose were from games. And really? From, um, he, he really respects the craft of um, of composers who do yeah. compose for computer games and things like that. So, yeah, you should pick no a message. No way.
1: Yeah, yeah that would be amazing, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with him. Some of the best music I've ever heard has been on games like Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Pokemon on the Game Boy, yeah. No, I'll, I'll drop him an email. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if too. I can, if I can find him. <laughs> Amazing. Well, congratulations! Now that we know that you've you've been successful. oh thank in, uh, you
0: in your latest challenge. Good luck with raising lots of money. Um, and hopefully, it's it's now actually when you release it that the real money exactly.
1: Yeah, and, um, if people yeah. want to check out the video and drop a quid. It's all for great causes. And if there's anything we can do as a community to help you in your future missions, then just let us know. Fantastic. Thank you. I'll bear that in mind. Our pleasure. Thanks so much, Tom. It's been fun chatting. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, I I complete, I didn't even realise Tom had all the, that relationship with running actually. I I, th- I thought the whole I, I got him on just to talk about the, the direct line stuff I thought it was interesting and, and would appeal to people who have done adventures you know, themselves and they're ultra running or, or just hiking. So yeah. uh, I
2: can I can imagine something like like kicking a football on a on a on an ultramarathon. I think it sounds like such a fun idea to start yeah. with until yeah. the reality of it actually hits like when you're kicking oh, a you are normally kicking it you know on a field and a flat field or its thing but anyone that's got a child who says oh you know like like libby says to like you go oh you know like we're going for a walk or bring the ball with you you're like oh no this is going to be a nightmare because <laughs> he's just going to he's going to knock the ball it's going to roll down a hill it's going to go into a bush he's going to kick it you know it's it's a it's a nightmare Doing anything with a ball that's not on a football <laughs> pitch, not on a like a flat pitch or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just
0: the idea of that sounds awful. But it's um, it's I I love I actually love this little story at the end where that you finding your confidence, finding um, a bit more focus and self belief just from having the ability to focus on like a park run each week. I think that's a really, really, really inspiring story. The, the funny thing is, yes, yeah, we were as we
2: as we were going through that. I I was constantly brought back to um to to, Bo Miles, and the fact is, like just mm. finding, finding something, about, like where you are, or you know something that's you know seemingly seemingly mundane, but um, mm. uh, uh, reframed in a way that that turns it mm. into an adventure. And I suppose the same thing is with Park One, isn't it? Is that you know parkrun can it is an adventure every week if you're if you're trying to beat your previous time it's horrific it's a yeah. horrific but also ultimately um incredibly empowering and um kind of joyful thing when you when you do beat your you know, your, your 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 time yeah. and and what is it 25 30 minutes on a on a Saturday morning and that's it your whole week you know is it can be you know the you can feel incredible for that weekend just for committing to something for that amount of time which but but it's awful but it is awful I mean like we said oh you could go out and run an 80 miler or you could run a park run and I would say I think it would feel easier to do the 80 miler than to do a park run (laughs) I I mean I don't know why I think it is easier to do an 80 miler you know than
0: it is to do a park run. the park run's awful. <laughs> you yeah, to hear first, people. Well, <laughs> um, we it's been a, a reasonably long recording, so we're going to do a short summary now rather than a, our, our extensive discussions at the end. But if there's any guests that you'd like us to interview like Tom, you know, firstly, thanks, Dan, for um, suggesting Tom. And apologies, apologies, it took so long to get him on. But are there any other guests that you'd like us to talk to? Um, as with this one, it doesn't have to be you know, spot-on running, it can be something just slightly to the side Do you think's it got that kind of do-badish spirit to what they're doing. So just email me, yeah. david, at badboyrunning.com. Um, other episodes like this that I think you'll enjoy. Know, we mentioned the Beaumont one. Yeah, that was great. That was a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? Probably need to revisit with him. Yeah, yeah, it feels, it feels on... ages ago, doesn't it? Like, um... Yeah. Um, and and of course... enough springs to mind as well as a, a good episode where... She's um, she's done she did barefoot uh, around the UK. She has um, I can't remember what her challenges. Where now ran around New Zealand. She saved um, someone from a car wreck in in America while she was trying to run in every state or running across America. And but she's just got super super um, just super energy to her actually, and her challenges are always so interesting. So that's a great one to listen to.
2: An obvious other one is the hardest geezer. That complements this quite quite well,
0: obviously. Yeah, and and he his story was interesting about similar kind of stage of life where just a bit lost and not sure what to do and and kind of found redemption through adventure. Um, yeah, really good story. Or the the talk with the the running charity Alex Eagle, we spoke to him a dual episode with the street uh, with the Skid Row Marathon documentary maker. So that's a, a double charity one both both so interesting Uh, please do rate and review really helps um with the visibility of the podcast
2: yeah if you want to join the discussion head over to um facebook answer three questions and we'll let you into the facebook group for the discussion if you want to purchase merch head to store.badboyrunning.com and you can purchase something there and uh, now that we know the, the secret to um, to YouTubing is putting out content on a regular basis, regardless of its quality, um, you're probably someone watching this, in a, you know, of, of the uh, thousands of subscribers of the millions. Millions <laughs> of subscribers. So, so you're either a massive fan or you're going to troll us for something we've done. So, you know, just decide which side you want to go on. But whatever you do, leave a comment and subscribe.
0: Thanks, Lucy, guys. We'll see you next time. See you later. But bye-bye bye bye, bye-bye bye 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 come back bye 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 I must admit I was a clone to be messing around
2: But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town Come back
0: Yes and give me one more try Cause love like this Should I never ever die? Come back Talk you buddy